the Proact know-how. Hi, Sir Proact Sam. Welcome to this episode of Living and Working Abroad, where we're, we're thinking about um, our tax residents and, and where we are at any time of the year. Um, it's um, 4th of July week, Independence Day for the Americans. And the important thing about that is that it also coincides with 183 days in the calendar year. So if your uh, jurisdiction is, is a calendar tax year, then and you've been in that jurisdiction since the 1st of January, so uh, now you are tax resident in, in that location. So there's some uh, key points there that you need to consider uh, about getting tax resident in that country uh, as opposed to being taxed elsewhere. So these are the things that we're going to look at in this current series. This week, we're, we're looking specifically at what, what means uh, about tax residency for now. Uh, and then if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, a partnership uh, for living and working abroad show, in the rest of July, we're covering dual residency, uh, non-residency and uh, split year in, in, in a lot more detail. So th there's three different factors and the language in English always gets confused, but it gets confused in, in any uh, language that you want to consider. Um, first of all, there's resident or non-resident. You can live in a country or not live in a country uh, and that is your choice. Um, if you're resident in a country, you could do that because you're national. If you're not a, a national of that country, um, there might be special a, a, a agreements between the uh, two countries which allow you to stay resident for a certain period of time. But there's a limit uh, to that. So under international law, uh, you can take short business or holiday family trips uh, for up to 90 days. And you're still counted as being resident uh, and tax resident in, in your home country. Um, so spending three months in Spain or Portugal or Cyprus uh, or back in the UK uh, or anywhere else in Europe is okay um, as a one-off trip. You get the complication in Europe where they apply the Schengen zone rules. So within the Schengen zone rules, you've got... Uh, for the EU, uh, EU uh, residents have got freedom of movement throughout the EU, which is one thing. But they still can't spend more than 90 days in a country if it's a Schengen zone country. Some countries are not in the Schengen zone at the moment, Romania, Ireland uh, and uh, Cyprus. Um, but th th they are applying to join in the Schengen zone. Even if you're an EU resident relocating uh, abroad, uh, you need a residency permit in that country, which you're entitled to, but you need a residency permit in that country before you can stay beyond the 90 days. Under the Schengen Zone rules, um, uh, a digital nomad or an EU uh, expat can only spend 90 days out of 180 uh, in, in, in any country. So if you've got a, a villa in Portugal, you go to live in that villa in Portugal for 90 days, you have to leave and can't come back for another three months. Um, 
to enjoy that. Now, that, that might work for you if you want to use the uh, apartment for three months a year and Airbnb at the rest of the time. Uh, you know, it, it can work. Um, but if if you want to remain in those locations for a longer period of time within the EU or outside the EU, you need to have a residency permit. The residency permit by country varies from place to place. But one of the things that you need to do, whether you're a business, uh, a trust or a family, you need to have a, a permanent residence. So that's an apartment, a house uh, for you to stay in, uh, either rental or owned. Uh, but for a company or, or a trust, you need a, a, to be registered and have a registered office. So that's something to consider as well. So you can either be resident or non-resident in a country. Um, uh, 90 days short trips don't count, but once you've spent more than 90 days on a trip, uh, then there becomes issues. You might need uh, a residency permit, um, but that doesn't affect your tax registration. Your tax registration remains back at your home country. Uh, for more information and more uh, videos and more in-depth knowledge on this, uh, go to our, our YouTube uh, website and subscribe and like it and share it. Uh, YouTube.com uh, Product Partnership for Living and Working Abroad Show. If you're interested in getting advice, consultant reviews on a regular basis, then you can contact us uh, at productpartnership.com and register as, as a product retained client. We offer two levels of service, uh, uh, online chat, advice service, or a, a full service including reviews and, and document storage and, and basic tax registrations. So we cover that. The next, the second area that we want to cover out of three in this uh, uh, webinar today is tax resident. So tax residence is not the same as residence. Tax resident, you can be tax resident or non-tax resident. Uh, now to be tax resident in a country, you either need to be from that country, a citizen of that country, or you need to be uh, living and working abroad in another country for more than six months, for more than one eight three days. So that's what we're saying about with the uh, uh, with, with the with the residency issue, the fourth of July, uh, Independence Day. If you relocated to Cyprus on the first of January, uh, the fourth of July is your one eight four days in the country, and therefore it's very um, uh, topical in terms of uh, considering what your options are and what, what considerations are to be. Um, the the, uh, the uh, topical in the sense that part of the reason that Americans probably chose that day is, is to be free of the yoke of British taxes. Um, I don't know that absolutely. I'm saying it because it makes sense. And uh, we, we saw the Boston Tea Party, which is all about uh, uh, rights, about taxes being on imported goods from the UK. So you're tax resident or you're not tax resident. So if, um, if you're uh, spent six months in your Cyprus apartment, then you, you have an obligation to be tax resident in that country in that year now if you're a digital nomad and you're working in a, a on a contract from a different jurisdiction uh from dubai from the uk 
from USA, then there's you know a slight complication there. And it depends upon how you're set up and what your arrangement is. Okay, so as an individual, you're tax resident in one jurisdiction. Um, the contract of payment is is applicable in the second jurisdiction. Um, so a digital nomad, as long as they're within the residency rules, um, can continue to work on their uh, contract, even if that's across border overseas from the home country, um, uh, as long as they, they don't become tax resident in, in that second country. So that's the, the potential complication. So a digital nomad has to um, consider that they have to be on short business or working trips or get a residency permit to stay a longer period of time. But if you spend more than six months in a year, you would definitely be tax resident in that jurisdiction. So if you've made your base Cyprus or, or Spain or France or Germany, and you spent six months in the calendar year, or the USA, we should say, for the theme of this uh, event, then you, you've got a, an obligation to register for taxes in that country. So that's, that's the next next thing to do um, so you're either tax resident or you're non-resident you're not tax resident just because you become tax resident in your new expat country of residence doesn't mean that you're automatically non-tax resident in your home country so uh, as a citizen you've still got the pull that your home country's got the right to tax you the only concession they've got is if you're properly registered under dual taxation treaty. Um, so that 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 that's it, the, you've got to consider the country you're relocating to, what the double taxation treaty is, and how that's going to work for, for you uh, to manage your affairs. Um, so if you're working uh, in Europe on a, a UK-based contract, uh, the UK company can continue to. Uh, deduct, pay as you earn, uh, and tax. However, once you as an individual become tax resident in another country, then the, the paying contract has, has a complication. And so the expat has to think about additional actions. So in the UK, if you're working, you, um, pay as you earn works only if you don't become a tax resident as an individual in another country. So the nomad moving from place to place can can avoid that that question. Uh, the the individual has to, um, that becomes tax resident causes a problem for for them a complication for them as an individual and for the the company paying the contract. Mm. So if you're a UK employer paying people that are are tax resident in another country long term then technically you should be registering as, as a branch uh, or an office uh, with a branch with a branch and a branch office uh, in, in that country so that you're paying for that work uh, with the local social insurance uh, and uh, payments as well as the local taxes. So that's a complication for the employer, and in which case many contracting companies uh, or employers from the UK might break ties with somebody that wants to go expat and living and working abroad. Now there's ways around that and product expat experts in that respect of organizing uh, business uh, arrangements to, to protect 
the lifestyle choice of somebody who wants to live and work abroad long term um, and be a, an individual tax resident, but retain a contract of work in, in another jurisdiction elsewhere. For more information, contact us at partnership.com and look in more detail at our webinars later in July about a dual residency, split year treatment and non-residency uh, at our YouTube channel, partnership.com, the Living Working Abroad Show. Contact us for a free review and advice online at partnership.co.uk. Uh, thank you for that. The third point uh, that we want to discuss today is, is uh, your domicile. Now, we mentioned during uh, our series here, uh, citizenship, and uh, that, which is what we mean by domicile, but it, it's slightly more complicated than that. So um, you can be dual you can have dual citizenship with many countries. Some countries don't allow dual citizenship, for example, Austria and Germany. Um, but many countries around the world do allow dual, dual citizenship, um, in which case you can um, have two passports. So the, the British, uh, a British citizen with uh, roots uh, back in Asia or Africa or the Caribbean, America or Europe uh, can get dual citizenship. There's a special arrangement under the 1949 Act, Ireland and UK, where they, in practice they work as one, um, which is possibly where the Brexit people were trying to get back to with, with, uh, with Europe and, and uh, possibly where we'll end up with Wales and, and Scotland, somewhere in between, in Northern Ireland. Um, but that's an issue for another webinar. The, what we're looking about is, is where you're from. So where your domicile is related to your citizenship, but it, it, it's where your parents are from and where you were born. So if you were, uh, and, and where you were brought up. So if your parents were British and you were born in Cyprus, but then you grew up in the UK, uh, you you'd be a British domicile uh, individual. If you were um, born in Ireland and then brought up in the UK uh, of uh, Irish parents, uh, you'd still be British um, citizens because you grew up in the UK for the first 20 years of your life. So over a 20 year period, this is when they assess the domicile and um, the, the domicile while you're a child is determined by where your parents are. Um, so that first generation of people is when the, the domicile ca can change for, for people. Um, so somebody whose um, parents came from Asia back in uh, the, the 70s to the UK, um, to have children who then have children, the, the second generation children um, are, are domiciled clearly in the UK. The first generation uh, children by uh, growing up and being educated in the UK are domiciled in the UK. But the parents who came as adults to the UK are domiciled in their home country until they've been in the UK for more than 20 years, when they can change their domicile to uh, the UK. 
However, if you change your domicile of origin uh, and then you go back to that country um, for whatever, even if it's just to get buried, your domicile reverts to your home country. So UK expats living and working abroad around the world have always got this liability, this spectre of, of inheritance tax of 40% on their worldwide assets on death. Um, if you live abroad for more than 20 years and if you um, have a funeral or if your ashes return to the UK, then you'll still be liable to inheritance tax of 40% on your worldwide assets. And that's property, investments, uh, pension funds, and uh, any business assets that you've got around the world. So that, that's, the, that's the potential of domicile or non-domicile on, on the inheritance tax side, but it also has a, an impact on tax residents and non-residents. So a domicile person's always got default tax residents in their country of domicile. If you can establish and prove non-domicile, uh, non, non-tax resident, then you can be domiciled in, in a different location. Um, um, I wish I hadn't said it like that. Let me say it again. Um, if you can become, if you can prove non, non-tax resident in another jurisdiction, then uh, y- y- your domicile will release you from a tax liability in the home country under the dual taxation treaty between the two countries. So it's, it's a very, very clear pattern there that you, you need to establish. Uh, but if you breach the rules of the non-residency, um, then you become tax resident back in your home country. And that's where dual residency comes from. So uh, those are things to consider and and follow the series that we're doing on, on half-year tax residency, independent state freedoms, uh, and consider uh, tax residency, the half-year point, um, and also we're looking at non-residency, we're looking at uh, split-year treatment, and we're looking at uh, how domicile uh, and dual residency are affected uh, in this series. So um, go along to YouTube, Correct Partnership, Living Working Board, have a look and uh, follow the series to look at in more detail dual residency, non-residency, and, and split-year treatments as ways around managing your tax residency. The, the individual is a tax resident. Um, whatever in, in international tax law, there are de- definitions of tax entities. Um, and, and this is one of the tools that you can use in your tax planning around the world. Um, your tax entity as an individual is you. So if you receive the money, you determine that. Um, if you operate through uh, a, a company, as a personal service company, then that gives you the advantage that you can uh, uh, have a, a, a separate tax jurisdiction for the receipt of your income. Um, so if you've got a... a a BVI company, that company uh, is, has got nil corporation tax rate, uh, but that is the taxable entity for all the income, not you as an individual, you as a company. Uh, so that can work quite well. Now, there's lots of other little ways to do it and little considerations to do it. 
Um, so it, it, it's it's something that's worth considering uh, uh, about how you manage your business affairs. So consider that uh, when living and working abroad. Uh, you can also use family trusts. So overseas property can be protected in, in a family trust, which uh, not only can uh, avoid inheritance tax back in the UK, um, but it can also avoid the cost and delay of probate. So some interesting areas in there, and we'll touch on those within what, what we're doing as well uh, to look at the situation in, in a broader scope in the coming uh, weeks and months. So watch our webinar series at projectpartnership.co.uk. Uh, you can get access to our retained client service, to our YouTube channel, Project Partnership Living and Working Abroad. Uh, and also you can uh, book a free review with one of our consultants online. Uh, that free review service is in depth and it's what we offer all our retained clients. So if you subscribe, you can get uh, as much of us as, as you like. And we can be there with you every step of the way. Um, moving is difficult. Relocating abroad and moving is, is even more difficult. So for help and guidance, uh, follow us at projectpartnership.com. Uh, thanks for listening. Don't forget to subscribe down below and like and, and share this uh, YouTube video with your friends and associates who are also expats living and working abroad. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. The ProAct Know-How, brought to you by ProAct.